Welcome to the End Times Chat. Our passion is found in the words of Jesus. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Each week, you will hear news from around the world that will urge you to wake up to these events to make you knowledgeable about what the Bible says about them. Join GJ and Dan in the conversation. Yes, I'm ready, Dan. Are you? I'm ready. I'm ready. Hey, what happened to your hat? Oh, all right. So, my Marshall Billion hat, which somebody absconded with. In Dallas, running around. In Dallas. So, God bless him or her. So, I'm just going to do this for a sec. The original M2B, the original M2B, March to a billion. March to a billion. That's the original. I noticed one is uh, not a duck-built hat. The other one is. Yeah. Yeah, the other one's more of a, yeah. Anyway, so why are we marching to a billion? What A, a billion what? A billion lives, a billion souls for the kingdom to join us in heaven. That's right. You got some news, brother. Right now, as of right now, we have just topped 8 billion people on the planet. Whoa. As a matter of fact, I think the number is somewhere around 8 billion and 3,452. Probably a few more people have been born since I saw that, but 8 billion. Oh, somebody just was born. Oh, uh, somebody's born. Oh, wait, wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> Your numbers are not accurate. No, my numbers are not accurate. As soon as I say the number, it's not accurate. <laughs> so, GJ, yeah. how are you? We got a we got a lot going on in the world. We do some things we can't talk about on the show. Although something tells me, if all the people that get laid off from the one of the platforms we're on, two of the platforms, <laughs> two of the platforms we're on, then maybe they won't be watching so diligently, and we'll be able to let something slide. I'm just thinking this possibility. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to be able to say what we really want to say on the show instead yeah. of being a little muzzled. But if we are muzzled, where can we go? In times dot chat. In times dot chat. Um, that's gonna be. We need to come up with a little jingle. Hey, there's another reel for you. <laughs> what we'll do is is we'll do this. We'll be like. Time's dot, and then leave it hanging because we were raptured. <laughs> were you ready? Where are you ready? Oh my goodness! I guess not. <laughs> it's too soon. Too soon. I guess, I guess not. It's too soon. Oh my gosh, we're gonna lose. We're gonna lose viewers. Hey, speaking of viewers, we've had a really, really great and listeners. I mean, I don't know where we are as far as podcast listeners, but we're working on that. But we had, shoot, like, we're trimming down on the, or tr going up on the percentage of people that see it go through their feed and the people that actually watch it all the way through, which is good because that means we're retaining, we're gaining some people watching. So it's good to have you guys. Thank you so much for always being diligent to watch and stay true to the faith in Jesus and keep on marching to that billion people. I mean, we need your help. We can't do it alone. So. Yeah. Well, one, one thing I will say, if you're listening on Spotify, you haven't got the last three or four shows. For some reason, we're having a technical glitch between where we post it and Spotify being updated. So we thought we had a fix last week. We don't. That's news to you, Dan. I'm just letting you know. That's all right. Well, we'll keep praying it through. God will give us the wisdom we need to fix it. All right. So that's okay. It's all right. In times chat, you can always go to in times chat where we have always. the newest video and the newest audio 
Well, the audio is usually a couple of days later because Dan lollygags around. Um, yep, I said it. I said it. Yeah, I said it. I said the it. guy, the guy that does, I have to send it off. Takes twenty four hours. It's a big, it's a big deal. Hey, speaking of which, and, and when you drop it in, <laughs> his name is Matt, and we need to give we a shout out because he listens. Yeah, we love Matt. He's he listens to the show every single week in order to make sure that our sound sounds good, and he comments on it every now and then. So, Matt, thank you so much. Getting a live shout out right now. Thank you so yes. much for what you do and keep it up. You're changing lives. And a huge shout out to Dan Crystal, smartest man alive, for putting the audio file in about 17 sub file folders. <laughs> That's right. So that GJ has to find it. That's been fixed. That's been fixed. Yes, it has. All right. So you you got some personal news. I do. I just took I a. Why, why am I doing this? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I got some personal news. So yeah, I just took a what's called the MPRE yesterday. As a matter of fact, I got my. This is this is not the letter saying I passed yet, but this is a letter stating that I have taken the exam, and that I have to now wait for my results up to five weeks. Is that in Arizona? <laughs> hmm. I'm not going there. <laughs> Apparently, there's having some issues in in that state with some. That's things. all we're gonna say. That's all we're That's gonna all say. We're, gonna say. <laughs> we're not gonna get in trouble. But that being said, no, it was not in Arizona. But it is a. I think it's a national. It's the it's the multi-state professional responsibility exam. So it's this massive book of rules that states will adopt. To be able to say, hey, we do things ethically. And here's the, here's the thing. You know how they say that lawyers are just another way of saying liars? The interesting thing about that is, is that everything that lawyers supposedly stand for is ethical conduct and not lying. So it's interesting how lawyers have gotten that, that name, that what do you bad call rap. The bad rap and being called liars because their whole goal is supposed to be not to lie. And to have uh, morals and not do things that are dishonest. So I, I don't know how that happened. I'm really curious to hear how that happened. But I will I say. I don't know how that happened. What I do know. Yeah. Is that every time you talk to one, it costs you something. It costs you something. <laughs> it does. And I have to. <laughs> but you, you won't have to. You won't, I won't charge you for talking to me every Tuesday when I become a lawyer. Hallelujah. Please, I mean, please, on Tuesday please. only. So if you talk to me Wednesday. I might be charging you on Wednesday. <laughs> Whoa. So get it all in on Tuesday. Whoa. If I knew how to shut off my video, I would do that right now. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. We got to get started because we have we do have some things to talk about. And yeah, word from our sponsor. Oh, wait. We got some sponsors. We got sponsors. Boop, 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 boop. Boop, 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 fit and free. Where can we find them, GJ? Faithfullyfitandfree.com. So you can go to end times at chat and click on the icon looking to be healthier. Go there. Right there. Yep. We also have this one target on my Target on my back. Woo. Go buy some shirts. We're going to have some other ones hopefully coming up soon. We'll see what happens. But for now, end times chat, you can go to end times chat, scroll all the way to the bottom, I believe. And our sponsors are listed there. Click on any one of those two links and go check us out. We'd love to have you guys join us. Anyway, we had some comments coming in. Danya, hello. Good morning. And Miss Reynolds. Whoa. You are popping in with a question already, and we haven't even gotten started on the news yet. It's chapter four. That's Mama Reynolds, by the way. Pay some yeah. respect. Mama, Mama. By the way, <laughs> she should be telling us because she's been studying the, the rapture, the whole book, with a uh, church group. So she should be telling us. Yeah. Well, well, let's just put the question back. Mama Reynolds, what does your group say? Would love <laughs> yeah, to hear. What's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great question. I do notice there's a little bit of a typo, but that's okay. I won't point that out. <laughs> and by the way, she was an English major. <laughs> <gasps> Don't embarrass her, DJ. You do, you're off her Christmas list now for the rest of the of your hey, life. Hey. You're off her Christmas list. Hey, it's only happened every year. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, it's good to have you guys join us. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Hang with us for the rest of the show, too. we got some things to talk about. We're going to actually talk about Revelation 5 today. 
We just finished up Revelation 4. And the question is posed is, does, is that when the rapture takes place in Revelation 4? Great question, because we don't really know. My guess is, is that will be, if that's a logical place for it to have actually happened, is during that time frame, because there is a shift in how John is talking about the throne room of God, and then all the people that are actually in the tribulation worshiping God at the throne in Revelation chapter 4. So great question. Great question. Just don't know the answer, which I can tell you. We're not ashamed around here to be able to say, I don't know. Whoa. By the way, tomorrow I start in my year-long process of reading the Bible cover to cover. I will be in Revelation chapter 1. Come on, Revelation chapter one. Yeah. Well, so I'll, tell I, you, I'll tell you in a few days, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't start Revelation until, no, I just finished Revelation a little while ago and I'm going to start it again before the end of the year. Yeah. It's a, every time I read it, I get something new out of it. All right. Amen. So, GJ, we have some earth news. We got some earth news to present. And I don't know if we do. I only posted one thing. I don't know if it can be posted. By the way, you can always go to our Telegram feed. That's right. Telegram feed and times chat uh, right here. We have a remote. Okay. I was just watching on, there's a national geographic show that I've been uh, kind of keeping an eye on. And that national geographic show was talking about volcanoes and the strength and power of volcanoes. And I was just watching some footage of what they what they called an underwater volcano. Because most of the time you think they spew up out of the air. Right. Well, the one that actually happened down in Tonga was was an underwater, underground one. And that actually did explode right, right above the surface. But there's an undersea volcano likely erupting in the Pacific Ocean. They don't know because they can't get close enough to see it. <laughs> so how do they know? I just, I just need to know. Here's my question. Yeah. By the way, I did see that there was a, an earthquake in Tonga, in that vicinity, I think it was a seven point, it was a pretty big one. Yeah. So I saw that. So now that makes sense. There is a volcanic eruption. My question is, is there underwater vo volleyball? Are they starting <laughs> a, are they starting a league? This may be a global league. <laughs> you know how, you know, you know how sports get harder and harder as you go along? Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, by the way, why am I talking about volleyball with a volcano? Because in Iceland last year, there's the volcanic eruption, and they're literally going and playing volleyball next to the flowing lava. You got to love these Icelandic people. You just got to love them. Hey, hey, they're adventurous. Well, when you when you have six months out of the year where it's blistering cold, <laughs> you, want, you want a little warmth. You can't get enough of it, so you go to a volcano. Yeah. Closest you're going to get to a Caribbean environment. <laughs> Except lava could spew out at you and burn you alive. I'm just saying it's not really a good thing to do. You probably shouldn't do it, but they're doing it. Well, did you have anything else on volcanoes other than the question? Well, I was checking because we haven't really talked about earthquakes and volcanic eruptions for some time. They are constantly going on. So it's a daily thing. So one of the one of the things that I gather is on average there's 20 volcanoes around the world that are actually erupting or flowing to some degree. Right now, as of October 28th, there's 47. Wow. And maybe now 48. I don't Well, this particular volcano, the Northern Marianas, which there are underwater mountains, and that's the area where there is the, what's called the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest part of our ocean from what people have said. So only a couple of people have actually been down that far. And I think James Cameron's one of them. Didn't he go down there? He's the uh, guy that did Avatar and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, anyway, he uh, apparently has gone down into the Mariana Trench, one of the only few people on the, on the planet that have been down that far into the water. Which, by the way, if you're down that far, you pretty much can become a pancake squeezed and you're like, you become an atom because that's how much pressure is down below the water. But why are we talking about volcanoes? Well, let's, let me just say this. There's a couple more things I want to mention before I say what I'm about to say. Because in Japan, there was a magnitude 6.1 offshore earthquake that just happened yesterday around 5.08, their time, obviously. 
And so there's that volcano. I mean, that earthquake that went off. But then this is the other one that kind of triggered for me. A very deep magnitude 6.1 earthquake hits south of the Fiji Islands. And I think that's the one you're talking about. See, there's Tonga right there. And when you hear of earthquakes and you think, well, you know, they, they happen and most of the time you can't feel them. A 6.1 you're going to feel. A 3.4 you're going to feel, especially if you're close to the epicenter. But what gets me about this one, GJ, is that it's very, very deep, it says. So it's almost as if it's so deep into the planet that there's something shaking going on under the planet. And what it reminded me of was there was there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about an earthquake as the world has never experienced and seen before. It shakes the entire world. And that would be one that I would think would be deep inside the planet. So that's kind of why we bring those up, just to kind of keep an eye on what's going on around us and underneath of us. Anything you want to add to that? Well, that's good information, and um, it's a good way to look at it. And I, I pulled up the, the Tonga one happened on Friday, November 11th, Veterans Day, and my anniversary. Boop, boop. 7.3 magnitude. 7.3. Sheesh. And by the way, happy anniversary. What a great Thank celebration. You, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. If you're listening right now and you're watching, shout out to GJ for a happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. 11 years. Woo woo. Come on. So anything else on earthquakes? Nope. Moving on. There's this right here that I saw as well. And I don't know why, but recently, you and I have both been pointing these out. When there are certain words. Oh, you have. You've been the slider. (laughs) I've been the slider. (laughs) But when you see uh, when you see two words that say unusually large in a news title, it gets your attention. And so this landslide that happened in Colombia was five kilometers. For those of you who live in the United States that can't do the math, that's 3.12 miles. So that's a really, really long landslide. And you can see the picture there of like it had to pull way back to even see that much distance. But see all the, the earth that's moving and sliding. And so there's this, as we have said before, you have said it many times, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. (laughs) There's actually a video we can watch. That's really loud. Yeah, there's a helicopter kind of showing that just a massive, massive landslide. Whoa. And where where was this at again? This was in Colombia. And look at the house down there. See the house right there? There's a bunch of houses down there. So apparently, we've got uh, some people that need some prayer. Goodness gracious. Wow. Man, that's insane. Well, okay. So landslides are happening. Why are we talking about landslides? Again, this is all about what's going to happen to the planet. And this, what this reminded me of was that when this great earthquake does happen, that's talked about in Revelation, that there will be, it says that it levels mountains and it kind of brings the high places low. So that's why I thought that was pretty interesting because that a landslide is making the mountains slow. So yeah, that's we're talking about volcanoes, earthquakes, shaking of the planet. And I think that what really what this does for me is just says how vulnerable the planet really is. We see all this great power that's evident in the planet and what God created. And so when you see all that power that can crumble, it also made me think about what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, well, if you have the faith like a mustard seed, then you will be able to say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it can be done. And I'm thinking, I wonder who, who in Colombia had faith the size of a mustard seed because that mountain came down and it was moved from here to there. Not supposed to be funny. I'm just saying that this is the kind of thing that Jesus says we have the ability to do with just a small amount of faith. So my question is, GJ, before we even get into Revelation 5, where is our faith right now? I mean, if, our, if, we have, if we believers have the faith and we really believe and, and pray according to what God desires, we could be seeing a lot more mountains moving. And then my, this is how my thought process happens. So then there's this thing in business that talks about the seven mountains. I'm sure you've heard about it, right? You have the religious centers, you've got the banking centers, you've got the government, you've got others, about four more. And so I, I believe that what we can do is we can... We could gather together, not we have to be in the same room, but if we could just say, we're all going to pray and believe God that God's will is going to be done, we could say this mountain, move from here to there. It'll go. It'll move. Not necessarily a physical mountain, although it could be, 
but we could pray for our the faith mountain to be moved. We could pray for the governmental mountain to be moved, which, you know, it could happen. You never know. We could pray for the banking industry mountain to be moved. And if we have that faith, then maybe we can make that happen. Just a little side note, that was free. I wasn't planning on saying all that, but any thoughts before we move on? Brought to you by our sponsor, Dan Crystal. <laughs> uh, here, here's what I do have to say about it. Because you were pointing out that house, and then there was a couple other houses in that video that weren't affected by the landslide. And you look at that terrain, you're like, okay, yeah, it's pretty steep, it's mountainous. But the, you're, the thing, in, they're on solid footing, and all of a sudden it's gone. So it doesn't matter where you're at in life. That's going back to your question, where you at with your faith is we live in faith no matter what. I mean, if you're driving a car, I mean, like uh, there's a street out over here by our house and, you know, there's a sidewalk. And I'm like, the way some people drive, I'm like, you're three feet from the, the street. You're on a, a sidewalk. And I'm like, one, one failed mistake, you're gone. Reason I bring that up is what is your faith? And we think oh, I'm good, you know, everything's okay, I'm safe. What about eternity? So that that's where my mind goes is we think we're safe, we think we're secure on a lot of things, and you know, it can be going gone like that. An earthquake, a tornado, a hurricane, you know, floods, tsunamis, volcanoes, volleyball. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great segue. So when we, th <laughs> when we think about wars and rumors of wars, okay, we need to remind everybody what we're talking about and why we're talking about it. We do this almost every single week. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 24, Luke 21, he said, in the end times, there will be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in various places, pestilences, you know, and um, look for signs in the sun, moon, and stars. So this is why we talk about all these things. and. I do have to say, I don't have a picture of it, but I do have to say that the moon has been absolutely astounding the last several days. It's been really great to see where it is on the horizon and how huge it looks when it's right by the horizon, which is more of a, it's more of a, an illusion anyway, because it's closer to the ground in our view. But we look at all those things and we say, okay, these are things that we want to keep our eyes on. We need to be aware of the signs of the time. So that's why we're talking about it. But wars and rumors are worse. We have two world leaders that are meeting. They were meeting this past week over in Bali, Indonesia. Gigi, I think you posted this one. I don't recall posting it, although I do. Oh, maybe I did. <laughs> it's, been, it's been one of those weeks. A lot of things, a lot of moving parts, both personally and, and around the world. And Colleen, thanks for wishing me a happy anniversary. So there's two things. Xi there, who's in the picture with Biden, uh, in their conversation, it's like you're not gonna you're not gonna cross that re that red line. What is the first red line? China's saying we are gonna deal with Taiwan, and he's basically saying the United States, you stay out of Taiwan as far as you crossing that line. So that's really they they've made the the line. We're this is what we're gonna do. You stay out of it, or we're gonna take action against you. And it also says here that. This question was the very core of China's core interests. And that is definitely what that first red line is. In other words, don't cross it, buddy. Don't do it. And not only that, but I don't have a I don't have this, but one of the leaders, the contingents from I think it's from Russia that's there in Bali for the G20, he had to go to the hospital. He had some kind of massive event that caused him to get rushed to the hospital. So I have no idea what that's all about, but I'm sure we'll find out in the coming weeks, or maybe not. But will we? But will we? <laughs> but will we? Exactly. Well, I haven't heard, I haven't seen the Space Forces. Actually I know, that's, that's what caught my eye. That's what. <laughs> Tell us about this, GJ. All right, so we're always talking about the military, you know, different countries coming together, and they basically play war games, is, is really what it is. And when I was in the military, we did the same thing. I was stationed in Japan. The whole Pacific, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, the Army, you know, they would all carry out their roles. And um, South Korea was a, a, a main area that was used. And, then, and we'd go there. And here's the crazy thing. We'd always go in when the weather was the worst. Hot, 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 
hot, cold, 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 cold. <laughs> so why did they pick that? I guess it's because it's real world. So there's war games going on. So today, or this was posted um, on the 10th, when I saw Space Force, which is the new branch of the United States military, which was created in the last, what, five, six years. So to me, it was like the first time I'd seen that they were involved in any anything other than what, what they were set up to do. And uh, so that, that's what caught my eye. And there was 36,000 soldiers, warships, airplanes, all playing war games there in the Northern Pacific. And this was actually shared by the Japan Maritime Self-Defense Force of Japanese Self-Defense Force Forces. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's quite right. awful. Right. Bozo. Okay, stop calling me Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> what does Dozo mean, actually? Go ahead. Oh, got it, got it. All right. Go ahead, Bozo. All right, so we have wars, rumors of wars. These war games are happening in the air in a really close area to where all the stuff that's going on in the world is kind of on fire right now. So I just think that's very interesting that that's happening. Then we move on to leading up to the tribulation. So there, I have to take this off the screen and kind of move over to this other video. But there's something that you posted about Amazon. Do you remember what it was? We've talked about Amazon in the past, about how the... They were beta testing technology at some of their stores. And I think that was actually in California originally. So this was posted and a couple of customers posted. So it looks like a husband and wife and uh, play the video. Pay with your, with just your palm. So what is that? It's a scanner and there's a chip in the hand and it reads the, the chip and it, it has all your payment access, whatever data that's on there. And uh, again, it's a convenience. Sounds great. Safety, security. However, we know where this leads to the mark of the beast. And when you take the mark of the beast in the forehead or on your right hand, a little chip the size of a grain of rice, which we've talked about on this show many, many times, that technology has existed long before we started doing this show. And here it is in practice. You can say, well, what does that got to do with the Mark the Beast? That, in my opinion, has nothing. However, the technology is there. It's conditioning. It's happening. It's being introduced. And we know how that works. It will continue to grow and grow and grow. And with Amazon being one of the largest organizations for shopping around the world now, it's easy to see how all this could be implemented at an alarming rate on a global scale, very, very fast now that they have it. Well, I also noticed a couple things about this. First of all, this is this was posted on Instagram, I believe, under Hawaii News Report, which I think is that gentleman that you saw there with the camera. So he's one of those roving citizen reporters. A couple things I noticed. One is that's a right hand. I'm going to point that out in a minute because I put it in the wrong section. This is leading up to the tribulation, but it really should be a things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> um, but this hand right here, and this is not one of those things where this is flipped, but this looks like a right hand to me. If you just kind of, you know, if you go like this, boom, that's a right hand. So it looks like a right hand. And the, in the scripture, it does talk about the mark of the beast being on the forehead or the right hand. So I'm just, I'm just saying. Just saying. Could be anything. It's happening right before our eyes in real time. And that's just how things happen. I mean, it starts to happen a little bit of time. They, you know, they beta test it. They create it, beta test it, implement it. They start selling the benefits of it. People start to adopt it. And next thing you know, it becomes a normal thing. And that's what I see with this. And people are going to start doing this over and over and over. Well, not only do I um, notice those two things right there, but if you take a look at what it says down here, it says fast, convenient, contactless. I've not really heard that word contactless as much as I have in the last three years. Just throwing that out there. It's definitely a buzzword, but 
this is how it'll be communicated, right? This is fast, it's convenient. Hey, your time is valuable. Go ahead and just get this because this will help. And then eventually what it will become is, is if you don't have this, you will not be able to buy and sell. So we all have, and, and I know in my past, reading through and studying Revelation, GJ, I know that I've often thought, well, of course we're going to know when it happens because it's going to be something that's just going to happen all of a sudden and they're going to institute it and it's going to be this massive control over the planet. What I didn't realize until I got a little older and I started really looking into these things, especially in the last two years, showing the 106, what's that? Much older. Yes, I'm much older. I've been in the double digits now for quite a long time. But what it, what it makes me think about is, is that this stuff, this stuff is actually can be introduced slowly and will be introduced slowly over time to a point where we become so desensitized to it. It's just a natural order of things. And then it becomes a form of control. But it's already been introduced to you throughout all these years. So that's something that I think a lot of Christians need to understand. Take notice of what is happening around you. Some of the things that have changed, you know how we always talk about, hey, look at all the things that have changed in the last 10 years. And you realize that we are so much more reliant on these devices and what's in our house now than we ever have been, that instead of walking over to the TV to turn it on, we spend 15 minutes looking for the remote control. I mean, that's how reliant we've become on all of these devices, all the technology. I'm not saying anything's wrong with doing that, but 15 minutes of your life is a lot of time. If you added up how much time you spent looking for your remote control, it probably would shock you <laughs> how much time you spend looking for the remote control. I'm just saying we need to keep be aware. We need to be aware. All right. That's that. But we also, I also saw, GJ, I think I, I looked up this one, that there is this one right here. This threw me off, man. <laughs> well, actually, I posted that. You did post that one. <laughs> and I'm not trying to get credit for them. <laughs> so, yeah, let, let me just read the, the, the headline. Ouija board for Christians. First of all, that's a no-no. The Holy Spirit board sold on Amazon advertises as Christian religious talking board. So a Ouija board, the, the traditional Ouija board is really a tied to witchcraft and satanic behavior. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not an expert on it. I don't want to be. What I know is when you're messing with the afterlife or the things that are, can be demonic, it may seem, oh, it's okay. And that's how Satan presents himself a lot of times. Hey, it's okay. This is okay. This is not that bad. However, is there a check in your spirit? And if there is, you know, definitely pay attention to it and walk away. I mean, that's just the best advice I can give you on something like this. And I'm like, okay, this is good for Christians. No, it's not. And by the way, you don't need no board to communicate with Jesus. You don't need a board to communicate directly with God. Right now, you can communicate directly with Jesus and the Lord Almighty without some demonic board. So I'll get off my bandwagon. No, it's okay. I mean, there's a couple of things about this whole board that really, really stick out to me. One, they're showing the what the shape. Oh, the shape is an infinity symbol, yep. but the alpha and omega. Yep. And then you have it's the risen Christ, as in the Catholic Church. There, uh, there is the Catholic Church that has the crucifix, and then there's the Lutheran response to that, which is the risen Christ. So he's not nailed to the cross, but he's still there with the crown of thorns on his head. Or maybe he is still on the cross. I don't know. I can't really see from this angle. But then down at the bottom, it says, goodbye, Jesus. What in the world is that about? I mean, that makes no sense. Yeah. And, and if you look at to the right, to the left, and even underneath that sign, right, right above that sign, looks like a Yoda. What are we looking at? Yeah, right there, right there, right there, right there. Right oh, there. oh, yeah, it does kind of look like Yoda. I think it's supposed to be a dove, but it does look like Yoda. <laughs> Yoda's ears have grown in the last couple of years. Yeah, this this whole thing really bothers me. It just does. I'm not really sure what else to say about it. Well, in the article, they talk about occult. So anything of the occult, you know, you have to be very cautious. And, uh, you know, I've read some books on you know, the occult and spiritual warfare. And I mean, we just need to arm ourselves with, with the Holy spirit and, uh, 
stay away from anything like this. I just noticed who wrote the article. I know it's not the same Jesse Jackson that we all know, but I just thought that was really interesting. He had to put a T in the middle of his name so he could distinguish that it wasn't the same Jesse Jackson. All right, moving on. We have, there's also a massive amount of inflation that'll happen in the end times. So much so that a, a loaf of bread can talk, cost a day's wages. Well, this one really stuck out to me this morning as I was looking this up for some more stories. Food prices rise again as inflation outpaces wage increases. And it talks about the dairy giant Nuva announces there are a wave of price hikes as the inflation continues to drive up the cost of living. So I'm not sure about you, but I've definitely felt the pinch in several different places. I felt the pinch at the pump. I go and get a loaf of bread that used to cost me $1.99 or even the day-old bread where it was 99 cents. And now it's almost 5 to $6. So nowhere near a day's wages yet, at least in this country. But 5 to $6 in some countries is more than a day's wages. So once those kind of things balance out, I'm not sure which day's wage that uh, John was talking about in Revelation. I'm just saying that that's what it says. So when we talk about inflation and how, how quickly it has happened in the last couple of years and how much worse it's going to get, that kind of thing piques my interest. Any thoughts about that, GJ, before we move on? Yes. Well, yesterday we went to the store and some typical products that we bought, and I was looking at them and I was actually comparing because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is getting outrageous. And on average, it was 30% higher than what it was a year and a half ago, just in a year and a half ago. So, you know, here in the States, they're, they're saying well, we have an inflation rate of, I think, 7.5%. Well, the, maybe something 7.5%, but everything that I see and everything that we buy is not 7.5%. It's, it's more like 30% or higher. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, overall, there's, there's this average thing that happens, but I'm not even sure where they get that number from. I'm like, where, where's your data coming from? I mean, we're, here's, and I'm not a real estate expert. So I don't pretend to be somebody that is in real estate, but I'll just take you're, notice. You're the smartest man alive. No, no, you're, you're the mover and the shaker. That's all I got to say. So what I have noticed is that there's a lot of discussion, especially even with people, people that are in real estate and mortgage brokers and industry, mortgage industry people, that housing prices have not only slowed, but they've almost come to a complete halt. Rates are now at 7 to 8%. I don't see that going any lower anytime soon. And the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of people have trimmed down on any kind of discretionary spending or any spending at all, because the credit card debt has gone up $100 billion over the last year. And the country itself is actually in four point, I think it's $4.5 trillion of debt, when just a few years ago, it was 1.5. So it's tripled. So that's 300% increase in your debt nationally. That definitely translates to a higher percentage of inflation across the board not just for the United States, for the around the world. So think about these things, people. There's some things that are logic. There's some things that are number-oriented. Maybe I don't have all the right information. That's fine. But I think I can make an educated guess. What do you think, GJ? 100% concur, Dr. Dan. Well, <laughs> Dr. Dan. Well, before I actually get into the next thing, I did want to point out, we have, we've actually talked about bricks before. Remember we talked about that in the past? It is a, a newly... Well, Last 15 years, it's a newly formed kind of, I'm not sure if you call it a conglomerate or like a treaty. It's like an economic treaty, I guess, or whatever. I don't know how it's put together, but it's called BRICS. It unites Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And now a number of other countries want to join what is being called an economic bloc, BLOC, including Argentina and Iran. So the Chinese foreign minister actually said that several more countries are actually wanting to get into BRICS. They're kind of knocking on the door. And these countries, I'm just going to toss them out there to you, are Indonesia, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt. Some of the largest countries that around Israel. So when you think of Russia, China, Brazil, which is a weird one for me, South Africa, and India, those are some massive populations, right? And then you, if you start to add those large countries like Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt that are right around Israel, you start to see how much the nations of the world can actually come at Israel to try to take it over. 
Now, what I thought was, is what would, what would it look like if these were the 10 kingdoms that the scripture talks about? Right? That's so Brazil, exactly what I thought when I read the article. So, I mean, there's already Argentina, Iran, then Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt. Indonesia is more of a smaller country, so I'm not really sure if that would be one of the ones. But what if this BRICS organization, this economic block, becomes the 10 kingdoms, and then three of them are overtaken by one, which becomes the Antichrist? I'm just throwing it out there as something to think about. That's all. Well, that was the first thing that I thought of was the 10 kingdoms. I'm like, what a setup. And that may not be the exact 10. Uh, we don't know. How many of them? Actually, when you name them all off, how many does that exist? Well, when you add all of the ones I just mentioned, that's 11 countries. So you have the five originals. And then you, if you have Argentina and Iran, that's two more. And then Indonesia, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt, that's four more. So that's 11 total. But it doesn't mean that all of those will be added. It just means that they're interested, right? So, Yeah, or they could be gobbled up. They could be gobbled mm -hmm. up. So something to keep your eye on and watch out for. My wife's actually the one that mentioned that to me about a year ago. And so we've been kind of keeping an eye on it. Hey, I'm not sure if you posted this or not, GJ, but I thought this is really interesting. <laughs> did you post that? <laughs> I, I please, did. Please tell me why this was on there. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> if you read the article, it has nothing to do with our show. <laughs> nothing at all so i'm really curious why you put that in there <laughs> well one is this guy's carrying a chainsaw so hey we could identify with that what really caught my eyes satan is in the trees satan is in the trees so again we're seeing all these headlines around the world that are using biblical you know rapture satan i mean all these words that are typically been described in the book of Revelation. So now they're becoming, you know, mainstream headlines. And all, all this is, is some guy who's been a homeless guy, where well, he is a homeless guy, and they had this area set aside for homeless people outside of Austin, Texas. And the city, I think, helped disband it. Well, this one guy stays has stayed there. And you can see he's <laughs> he's taken over this area. And there's trash and everything, but he's continuing to cut trees down at an alarming rate, and nobody understands why. And he does it at the weirdest times. And then he started talking about, well, Satan's in the trees. So obviously he's thinking Satan is in the trees. That's why he's cutting these trees down. So it has nothing to do with our show. <laughs> and as I dove down to it, I'm like, oops, shouldn't have posted it. <laughs> Well, it made it on the show. That's all I'm saying. And I, I put it on there because of that phrase, Satan's in the trees, because there's going to be this great deception that's going to take place. And it says that this great deception could even deceive the very elect, is what Jesus says, actually. Could it be that there are sometimes these things that pop into your news stories, your news feeds, and they say these certain phrases? And then this is where my thoughts took me. So as I'm watching the news, over the last couple of, of days. And because I'm trying to get all the different angles that are kind of being talked about around the, around the world. Of all the lies. Yeah. So I kept hearing this same phrase. I'm not going to mention what it is because I don't want to get booted. But I, they, they kept saying the same phrase. And now these new people that were, have never really said this before have been saying the same phrase. And so they're introducing, they're interviewing these new people that we've not really heard from for a long time. And then each interview, from this particular group of people from different leaders are saying the exact same thing. It's like, if you say things enough times, then eventually the people will believe it, right? You could tell your kid for days on end that pixies are real and eventually they're going to start believing it. And you're like, wait, they're not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Beat you to the punch. So there's one more we got to talk about here. Did you do this one? Yes, but you're not showing the drone. So Amazon shows off a giant super drone that can deliver packages shockingly fast. There is a catch. Well, it's, it's a five-pound. Package is up to five pounds. Here's the other thing is, it could go 50 miles an hour, and then it, had, it can sense heat. So like a dog or a human, 
and it'll it won't drop the products supposedly, and they drop it from twelve feet. So think about five pounds dropping at twelve feet. First of all, they said they have to package it very well. All right, so so it's got to survive the drop. What if it doesn't detect, you know, a dog or a cat or a human, and it drops it? Five pounds, twelve feet. That's pretty pretty significant. So what reason I posted it wasn't for that. It was just here's technology that is being used and they're implementing it in select places, I believe Northern California and Texas uh, by the end of this year. So that's, we're almost there. And then in 2024, they actually have a newer version of this drone and uh, it can actually carry more, more, I think, and it can actually get closer to wherever it's going. But the thing about it is these suckers are, I think five feet in diameter. So how's it going to go to your doorstep? Because, you know, I just, I just see a disaster waiting to happen. However, that's not why I post it. I post it because the technology is being used just like we've talked about over and over and over on this show, how it's converging at such a, an alarming rate. Yeah. Well, a lot of things come to my mind. First of all, I live in Northern California and we do have a, massive Amazon distribution center within 30 miles of our house. So I would fully expect that I'll start seeing these flying around and maybe even dropping off packages at my house because we have ordered quite a bit. So I'm just going to, just going to throw it out there. You might, you might want to order some hard hats. <laughs> we do have a couple. I think I'm going to break them out and pop them on when I go outside. Well, the first time I see one, I promise you, if I can capture it on video, I will, and I'll show it on the show. I definitely will show it on the show. Well, the technology is definitely here. There's a lot going on, and, and I want to kind of turn our attentions now to Revelation chapter 5. So we're probably going to hang in Revelation chapter 5 for several weeks because there's a lot to talk about here. When I actually did this presentation years ago, actually, I think it was on October 1st, 2003, so that's the last time I actually did this particular study in depth. But when I take a look and just kind of backtrack a little bit to Revelation chapter four, Revelation chapter four centers on, in, their, in worship, centers on the one who sits on the throne, which is God the Father. Revelation chapter five, that worship focuses on the one who sits at the right hand of the Father, the Lamb of God, who is Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our Messiah. And John is still in heaven in Revelation chapter four, verse one, and begins this section with the familiar words, I saw. In verses two, six, and 11, he repeats those words. The passage also says that he heard the voices of heavenly creatures, verses 11 and 13. And one of the 24 elders spoke to him directly in verse five. Now, what an incredibly thrilling opportunity for John, who's in the first century, to be taken up in the spirit, he was there in heaven, seeing and hearing these wonderful things as an eyewitness. And the apostles who were responsible for giving us the New Testament, in other words, they were the ones that actually wrote it down, received direct and marvelous revelations from God that are now written for us to read and understand. That's the first thing I want us to see here. And in Revelation chapter five, verses one to seven, he introduces to us what's called the scroll with the seven seals. So if you've ever seen a scroll, Usually a scroll, especially one of the old school ones, the way back in the day, a couple thousand years ago, there would have been this parchment that was rolled up and it would have seals on it that would keep it from being opened as it was in transit. And actually I was watching something about Pompeii and uh, no, not Pompeii in, in Jerusalem, they were doing some excavating and they found right near the temple mount, they found this house that had these stone scroll markers. So what they would do is that they would take clay and that they, as soon as they uh, put the scroll over, they would put the clay on there that's still moist. And then they would put their signet ring into the clay and then it would harden so that when the person would actually open the scroll, they'd have to break the seal. So that's, that's what we see and hear. I'm going to take this off the screen, by the way. That's what we see and we hear when we see and hear about the scroll that's being opened with seven seals. So if you can picture that, you can picture some clay seal on the top and how it's broken off so that you can open the scroll and read it. Well, there's a certain amount of drama that's connected with this scroll. 
there's an apparent emphasis here on the importance of the scroll as it relates to the total message of the book. The scroll unravels the events of the tribulation period and appears to be a summary of what God intends to do in bringing the world history to a grand finale. So that's kind of what we're seeing here. This is the beginning of the judgments. So what's the identity of the scroll? Revelation 5.1, it talks about its location. All of the authority and the sovereignty of the Heavenly Father is behind the simple statement, in the right hand of him who sat on the throne. He controls the destiny of our lives. The future is in his hands. As we've always often said, God wins. He's already won. It reminds us that the events of human history are proceeding from the throne of God. He is truly directing the affairs of the world. And you're like, well, I guess it's all his fault this is happening then. It's not about his fault or not his fault. It's about finding out who is loyal to him, to God, finding out who believes in him, and giving people an opportunity to accept and believe in him and have a relationship with him. So being in the right hand of the Father suggests not only that he is the source and controller of all events, but that he has a plan that has already been determined. It's been written in the scroll. It's not like he's he has this blank scroll in front of him and he's writing as it goes. It's already been sealed, and he has to break the seals off to see it. So. It talks about its location. It also talks about its design. This scroll, called a, quote, book in some English translations, was rolled up from both ends. It was written on both sides, and it was necessary to break the seals in order to unroll it, as I already mentioned. That it was written on both sides probably indicates the extensiveness of its message and terms, a symbolic statement indicating that the scroll contains a great deal about the future. Well, Roman law actually required that a will like a will and testament, was to be sealed seven times. So this is why I believe this is really important because this is almost like it's the will and testament of God, right? It's what will happen in the future, what will be distributed, what will take place. The wills of Caesar Augustus and Emperor Vespasian were sealed in the same exact way. Some see this scroll as the last testament of the one who died for us containing the terms of his wrath upon those who reject his love and his sacrificial death. It is of great interest to prophecy students around the world that the book of Daniel predicts much of what is recorded in Revelation. And in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, we read that Daniel was instructed to, quote, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Daniel 12, 9 repeats, quote, the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. And in here in Revelation, the scroll with seven seals is unrolled, each of the seven seals being broken and revealing a special special message of what God will do to planet Earth in the time of the end. Now, there's a few more things I want to share about this. One, I want to share the importance of the scroll. And then next week, we're going to talk about the introduction of the worthy one, who is Jesus. The scroll contains much more than what is said in Revelation 6, 5 and 6. The seventh seal that is broken reveals seven trumpet judgments of which the last one announced announces seven last plagues to be poured out upon the earth. So there's three sevens, right? It's implied that the seven sealed scroll contains everything that is depicted in chapter six through 22. So it was asked at the very beginning is chapter four where the rapture happens. It's a very logical way of thinking about it, right? Because if, if, If the time of the end, if the last will and testament of Jesus, which is in this scroll, sealed with seven seals, that introduced seven trumpets, that it has seven plagues that happen at the end, if that's what Revelation 6 through 22 is all about, it's very possible that in Revelation 4, 3 and 4 is really when the rapture could have taken place if chronology was working that way. The proclamation by the strong angel, I want to point this out. The word strong or mighty in the NIV could emphasize the importance of the angel and his message, but it could also be a clue as to which angel is involved. Some Bible teachers hold that it refers to the angel Gabriel, whose name means strength of God. It was the angel Gabriel who communicated to Daniel about the future events in Daniel chapter 8, verse 16. The text uses a Greek word for proclaiming that speaks of a herald one who simply proclaimed a message without added commentary or explanation. A herald spoke with urgency and was under orders to proclaim it on behalf of a higher authority. So this angel is proclaiming what God the Father, what Jesus is actually proclaiming. 
When the Bible says the angel spoke in a loud voice, we're reminded that this message is one of great concern and urgency. Loud voices are mentioned frequently in Revelation to denote the importance of what's being said. So a person who is worthy is sought in order to break the seals and open the scroll. The problem that John faced was this, combining the importance of the scroll with the fact that no one in God's universe was worthy to open the scroll caused John to fall down in tears and in sadness. Now, if we read this outburst correctly, it is possible that John is heartbroken because no redeemer can be found. But that's when we introduce the worthy one. And we're going to talk about that next time, next week. But I thought that was pretty interesting to end right there, GJ, because it gives us a great opportunity to introduce who Jesus is and the fact that there is one worthy and it is Jesus. So why don't you take it from there, introduce some people to Jesus for us. Well, a couple things that come to mind and... And I've got Papa's Bible here. Whoa, Papa! Uh, <laughs> whoa, Papa! <laughs> uh, he, in the chapter five, he, he titles it "Search in Heaven." And then when you were talking, and I saw, as it starts out in chapter five in verse one, and I saw in the right hand. First thing that popped in my head was in the right hand, and we're talking about the mark of the beast being in the right hand. I'm like, isn't that so blasphemy of Satan to require it to be in the right hand to almost mock God? That was, that was my thought. Now, whether that's the case, I don't know. And then obviously seven, you know, seven is the key number. And we've talked about it. Seven means perfection. And again, my dad, uh, Took copious notes and a lot of, a lot of things were under, underlined everything that you were saying. So chapter five is definitely a eye opener. It's like the beginning, and as you also said, it's almost like he's closing down history. So you're opening God's opening things up, but he's also closing things down, buttoning it down. Is my takeaway. And side note. I actually yawned, and I wasn't yawning from what you were teaching. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> All right, so what does this mean for you? So you're listening to all this, and you know we talk about all these different signs and signposts, and some, some we know are a sign to pay attention. Some of them we just feel like they're the precursor or the wake-up. And, you know, the, the, we're in the Jewish calendar year 5783, and I believe a lot of things are being exposed both physically and in the spiritual world. And so there is that awakening. So when we talk about the signs, pay attention, or an earthquake, or a volcanic eruption, or a landslide, I mean, all these things that are happening around the world, I believe God is using this to wake us up, to pay attention, to totally expose what's really happening. and. By reading the Bible and reading right here in the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, it definitely leads us to where where things are going. So what can you do? Well, I challenge you, how are you going to spend eternity? And we think, hey, I'm good. I got a long life still ahead of me. My life's pretty good. Then there's some people that are like, hey, my life sucks. I don't know where to turn. Either way, is anything can change in a moment's notice. I mean, look at all these things we talk about. It can happen in a moment's notice. And so are you ready? And we start the show every week. Are you ready? And are you sure if you, if you say, well, I'm good, I'm going to go to heaven. Are you sure? And so we, we want you to be 100% sure. We want you to live life in heaven, you know, the afterlife in heaven and be with us. And I know that might be a little bit of challenge right there, but hey, it we'll is what it there. is. We'll be there. So how do how do how do you know for sure? One is you recognize that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the only way to the Father. I recognize that you're a sinner, that yet you sin and ask for forgiveness of any sin. Turn away from the sin. Ask Jesus to come into your heart, to clean your heart, to make it anew, and so that you can start out a new path. It is a process. It takes time, and it is a daily habit that has to be developed. So some things may not happen immediately, and then some things can change just like that. Miracles do happen. And then 
turning away from that sin. And uh, did I miss anything, Dan? I don't no, think I did. No, I just don't think I did. Pray for people to receive Jesus. All right. Well, let's do this. Okay, dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for everybody that's watching or listening. We thank you for them paying attention because obviously you're talking to them. You're speaking to their heart. So I, I pray that each and every one that hears your voice or hears my voice right now, that they're turning towards you. Jesus, I pray that you come into my heart. I recognize that you're Lord and Savior. I ask for forgiveness and all my sins. I pray for that you continue to, to work on me, to point me in the right direction. Make that heart new. Soften my heart. Turn my life into a, something that you want it to be, that you designed before I was ever born. And so I challenge everyone that's, that's listening right now, and I pray that you walk with them, show your face to them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's not bad. Wow. All right. So we're starting a new band next week. Next week. Right now. No, it'll be next week. And then next week, it'll be the next week. Okay. And then next week, it'll be the next week. It'll be the next week. <laughs> a wow. minute or an hour and eight minutes. Whoa. We went long. I was too long-winded today. I needed, I needed to become more short-winded. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I had a lot of commentary to my thoughts today. All right. God bless you guys. <laughs> we will see you next week. Keep us in prayer. There's constant battles that we face because of what we do and the message that we want to share. And uh, go to endtimes.chat. Endtimes.chat. God bless you guys. See you next week. Love you. Thank you for tuning in to End Times Chat with GJ and Dan. If you decided to follow Christ, email us at endtimeschat at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story. Tune in next time for more. And don't forget to pray, prepare, protect, proclaim, pray again, persist, persevere, and pass it on. God bless. We'll see you next time.